today. The White House eyes a second round of direct payments to Americans. Texas is reopening, like it or not, and a new source goes public to corroborate the sexual assault claims against Joe Biden. We've got a lot to get into, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez today joined in studio once again by Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather show on Blaze TV or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for being back, Mr. Denham. I'm so nervous to be here. Are you? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of weird because you were just here yesterday. Well, I just I don't know. I just wanted a different emotion today. That's what it's going to (laughs) be. All right. Also uh, joined remotely. uh, We have. Elijah Schaefer, host of Slightly Offensive, which you can also find on Blaze TV. And Elijah, I'm I'm kind of jealous because I see there that is that a water bottle that you have with your branding on it? Yeah, it is. So I mean, I'm probably not supposed to say this online, but uh, some of the folks at Yeti really uh, like my show, and they <gasps> sent me like some some stuff like this. They sent me a whole box. And you know, it's like there was only five items, but if it's Yeti, then you know that was about $10,000 worth of items. Wow. I am super jealous right now. That Yeti's like top, top of the line. So that's impressive. I wish somebody liked my show. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Chad, one day Chad and I will get there. (laughs) I'm not going to do what Elijah does. Elijah gets beat up on his show, and I'm not a fan of that at all. It's true, and we are. I promise we are going to get into the news. But my favorite thing about uh, about Elijah's show when he does all of this man-on-the-street stuff, he's going out there into you know the crowds of Antifa where you don't want to be, and he's always wearing Blaze Media like branding. And I'm like, why are you wearing that? And he's like, it's part of my contract. <laughs> Just like, yeah, oh, I, I, you, you can bring that one up with you can bring that one up with with Gaston or Tyler. It said it goes whenever you're out on the street or you're out there, you have to be wearing our branded apparel. And I and it's kind of ironic because the Blaze logo has the circle and it's like. It's like over my heart, and it's just a, a straight target right here, <laughs> just saying attack, attack me, right? <laughs> oh man! Well, we appreciate you uh, doing the work on the front lines there, Elijah. Um, let's get into today's news. A White House economic advisor said uh, today that the Trump administ- administration is quote studying very carefully whether to provide another round of stimulus checks already. I feel like some of us haven't even received uh, the first one yet uh, beyond the one time twelve hundred dollar direct payment, which could be part of the phase four deal. Now, if you will recall, we've uh, we've talked about the original plan and then they moved up to graduated to. I believe the last one was the three point five plan that they were talking about. Now we're talking about uh, a phase four deal. And, uh, you know, they're they're studying it. Chad. Can we really afford? I mean, I got it. When you shut the country down, you got to give Americans something in return because you can't tell them we're not going to allow you to work. Oh, and we're also not going to give you any compensation in exchange for that. But how much can we really afford more to be spending on all of these stimulus checks? That's an interesting question that you posed there, and I'll put it another way. For the longest time during these Democratic debates, people were wanting to have uh, universal Medicare or have a, a universal health care system that was implemented in place. We can't pay for this stimulus. How are we going to provide everybody's health insurance? This is where you start to see one aspect of the reality of, of this situation. Money doesn't grow on trees. We can't just keep printing it. That's not what is going to happen. And 
to the other side of the point, to your point, $1,200, you're just not going to live very long on $1,200. But it is interesting to find that there are people out there, reports are now coming back, that people are buying some very uh, novelty items with their stimulus check, and some people are actually making money in this shutdown more so than they would make if they were going back to work. This is creating a lot of problems for and on a lot of different levels. Yeah. Elijah, what are your thoughts? Well, like you were just saying, uh, where they had stimulus package 3.5, sometimes <laughs> I feel like the government talks about money like a four-year-old talks about their birthday. You know, I'm not four, I'm 4.5, and then I'm five. And the government just continues to 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 address uh, the situation in a way that I think confuses both parties because uh, just a moment ago we were talking about the populace and taking back the government from the swamp, and then all of a sudden you have these Marco Rubio big government Republicans promoting the stimulus package. And the reason why I think we're so confused is because this seems like it might be one of the first times in recent history where the government intentionally sabotaged their own country. Mm. And so uh, at this point you're going. We've gone through depressions, we've gone through recessions, we've gone through war-related shortages, but I don't remember any time in recent history the government said, oh, we're doing the best we've ever done in history, now's the time to destroy it. It's like, my marriage is so good, now I'm about to, uh, now I'm about to go have an affair. It's like, why now? And yeah. I don't know if money is going to fix a problem like it's the people are offering a solution are the same people who caused the problem. Mm. I'm beginning to not really trust they know what they're doing here. I have that same feeling, Elijah. I, it's a great analogy. I feel like I'm sitting here looking at the government going, why don't you love me anymore? What have I done? And like, well, I'm giving you this. Okay, but I feel used. I feel like I'm taking the sweaty cash off the nightstand and slink, you know, just kind of slinking out of the room ashamed. And, you know, and the government lays there in the bed smoking a cigarette like, ah, we got, we took care of them. They're paid off now. It really, you feel used at a situation that I can be bought off for a couple of surplus checks or you know, stimulus checks in that way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, apparently, according to new polling, about 72% of Americans say that they will hit their breaking point if the nationwide lockdown continues into the summer months. Uh, so Americans, this is according to Newsweek, uh, Americans are like, yeah, we're done um, when it comes to whether or not we might get coronavirus or uh, whether or not we might have a mental breakdown. We're going to go with the mental breakdown if we don't get out of here and start living normal life again. Uh, it's interesting because when you look at at the beginning of this thing, I think there were a lot of Americans who said, OK, we're willing to take one for the team. We're willing to, you know, stay indoors for a limited amount of time to let you guys figure this out, to flatten the curve, to do all these things. And I think it's extended long past the time that Americans thought that they would be still staying indoors and apparently the majority of them are done. They're like, we're, we're, we're done. We're going to lose our ever-loving minds. You're welcome, Edit, for censoring myself so you didn't have to. <laughs> uh, Elijah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, one study I saw recently said that alcohol sales were up about 272% <laughs> overall, including deliveries. So I'm not the Surgeon General of the United States, but I can't imagine that that uh, increased consumption of alcohol is doing any good for our livers uh, or our blood in general. And, and that being said, I mean, it, I know it sounds funny, but uh, we have to really look at the long-term effects here with people losing their jobs, with people uh, not being able to go outdoors, with people you know, not able to go to 
like AA groups or to church, things that really help them the gym. I mean, I, I honestly believe that people are not as stable as we like to pretend. <laughs> and I am very nervous. Speaking of all these anti-school shooters that are out there, oh, we got to stop school shootings. Um, I'm glad school shootings have stopped in the meantime because nobody's at school. <laughs> but uh, if you want to pretend that you're for, oh, mental health a few months ago, and I really care about the state of people, and we've got to uh, you know, make sure that our country's healthy, and all these programs that are coming out by the, by the government, especially even here in California, and then you tell people, by the way, uh, based off of insufficient data, shaky models, and uh, inaccurate experts, we're gonna require you to put your entire life on hold um, I don't think people are going to take it much longer. And if people started a revolution over increased prices on tea, mm. I mean, I think this is a little bit more serious. Yeah, Chad. There's three things we know about this. We know that it is real. We know that it is highly infectious. And we know that the mortality rate on it is not what they thought it would be. Okay. Mm -hmm. We know who it attacks. We know for the most part, to a 99 point some odd degree, uh, who, is, who suffers from this, who dies from this thing. <laughs> at some point in time, we had the poll, you had the poll on this show last Friday that said, how long will you take this? A day, a week, a month, a year? And a lot of people said a day. I voted for a day because you didn't have no days right. on there. That wasn't an option. Uh, it's not an option for me. <laughs> I just no days because I'm not susceptible to that. I know who in my family and in my immediate life is, and we will take those precautions because we're responsible Americans. We know how to handle our liberty. I don't need the government to tell me how to protect my own family from this. So I will make sure that my mother-in-law, that my mother, that they are quarantined. They're in their place, and we keep our distance from them. We protect them. But to shut down the rest of the world and, and to to punish the healthy over this thing is ludicrous. So, you know, to, to that thing, we, we know enough about this right now because Elijah's right. The, the sketchy models that we had, the models didn't prove anything because the models weren't based on anything foundational. But now we're starting to know some things and the numbers that are coming back by medical professionals are proving the point. You got to open this thing back up, but you got to open it back up responsibly. Yeah. That's the thing. Liberty requires responsibility, and it does. And I'm out. And you want to talk about it, Elijah? I told you before we started, I've gained 13 pounds now, probably more, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and it's all because what happened is they said, okay, you got a shelter in place. We went out and bought every frozen concoction of food that we could imagine and loaded up on beer and alcohol and wine and everything else, and it was almost like, okay, kids, it's a sleepover. And I've been having sleepover food for four weeks now, eating frozen pizza and a bunch of crap, and I've sat on my butt. <laughs> and I've watched the full encyclopedia of Netflix. And look at my fat ass. It's disgusting. Heart health, all kind of stuff. I'm out of breath talking. Well, okay, well, let me take over for you just for one second then. Elijah, <laughs> you know, I think that this, this is kind of a good segue into uh, what a really, really, it's confusing for a lot of Americans. I think there's a lot of conflation when you look at why the lockdown started. A lot of people are conflating not getting a virus ever, right? We're, we're locked down because we are not supposed to get the virus. We're hiding from the virus until it becomes eradicated versus we're supposed to be doing this to flatten the curve. We don't want the hospital systems to be overwhelmed. We've heard from how many medical experts now that like what the majority of the population, the overwhelming majority of the population will have this virus. Where is the disconnect? Because I, I'm, I'm hearing what they're saying, that we're doing this to flatten the curve and not to overwhelm the hospital systems. But what I'm hearing from the American public is overwhelmingly, we can't come out 
until the virus is gone. And scientifically, I'm not a scientist, all right, but scientifically, I don't find that to be possible. Elijah? Yeah, if you look at the numbers, right, I just did some calculations uh, just yesterday from the CDC's own website. So they combine influenza and pneumonia testing and deaths together, and it's somewhere around 59,041 that are confirmed after testing positive uh, for those diseases. It's sometimes very hard to uh, delineate between the two because on one hand, sometimes when you have one, you have the other, and these affect older populations who are susceptible to disease, um, you know, compromised people too. But that being said, uh, those are confirmed cases, people who were tested. Now, as we know, I'm sure even people watching the show right now have had the flu, had pneumonia, and it didn't get tested. But what's happening is, is where people are going, I want knowledge, I want information to know that this isn't uh, as deadly as they're saying before we all go out. You're not going to have that information. And, and the reason why I say that is because as of right now, the only people who are allowed to speak on the public forum about this are people who are sanctioned by those who control the narrative of, of society. And even if you have a DO, uh, an MD, or any type of certification by your name, or you just have a GED, if you veer off, just like those two doctors in California found out uh, just today, your opinion, even if it's professional, will be removed online even if you use the WHO, even if you use the CDC, even if you use firsthand accounts, it doesn't matter what the truth is. It matters uh, what the narrative is. And the narrative is one of fear. And before I, I ramble for too long, I want to say this. You know, in California, um, I've been saying things based off of science. My background is in molecular biology. It's in genetics. Actually, I'm not a doctor, but my, my understanding is in the mechanisms of, of immunology and pathology. And I've read the papers since the beginning. I thought I had COVID back in December and everyone said, oh, you're a fool. That was, it was never in California. And then I'm going, but you know, 75% of Asian Americans live in California. Most incoming flights from the Pacific uh, come and land in either San Francisco or Los Angeles. There was a weird disease that peaked in December that wasn't pneumonia or influenza. The doctors didn't know. I was sick for six weeks. I had a mild fever. I was coughing up blood at one point. Mm. I thought I was going to die. I have, I have, I'm pre-existing conditions though with asthma. The doctors, it wasn't influenza. It wasn't pneumonia. Nobody knows what it was, but it seemed to be viral. It went around the area. I know two people that died from it uh, in, in December. And and all of a sudden, then the facts come out and go, oh, wait, it's actually been around for a lot longer. It's been in California. And then myself in early February, Glenn in February are saying, by the way, I read the papers. This looks like it's from a lab. Everyone goes, you're a conspiracy mm. theorist. Get that man off the air. Demonetize. Remove. And then the U.S. intelligence agency two months later goes, oh, just kidding. That's actually the truth. So the way I'm looking at it right now is like. Even if the curve is flattened, even whatever the truth is, we're not going to know about it for months out, out the line. And to end, end the point here, you know, people need to realize that the, the truth and the facts that are coming out for, that's from Stanford or for USC, from Miami Health, from New York Public Health, are saying the fact that up to 13.9% of the U.S. population that's randomly sampled has already showing in their studies to contain the antibodies, which means quite possibly, and I hate to say this because I'm going to get some crap for this, but the peak might have already happened, and this might even be a second resurgence. Mm -hmm. And because there's no vaccine, and, and up to 64% of people who are susceptible to mortality from the flu are receiving the vaccine, it's it's already presumed that this being a novel coronavirus, that it would wipe out a certain high rate of people. But if the numbers are true and what we're seeing, then people need to just calm down and accept the science. But the science only matters when it supports the narrative. But when it goes against it, well then it becomes conspiracy and it's susceptible to be removed. Mm, I feel like I was just taken to church. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. I can't you. believe Elijah made out with me in Washington, D.C. in February after all that.
<laughs> and you didn't even get no it? No wonder. That's felt bad. Maybe it's, oh, I was going to say maybe it's not as contagious yeah. as, as you think. Uh, coming up next. <laughs> it's so, not passed by human-to-human contact. Right. Remember according that, according WHO to the told us WHO. kissing was okay. Well, I know. And and <laughs> one one final point but before we, before we move on. Uh, to your point, Elijah, you know, I mean, since the, the beginning of human history, right, right, we're constantly finding out, we're constantly evolving our knowledge on all different types of things, especially when it comes to science. I mean, you look at doctors who used to tell women it was healthy to smoke while they were pregnant, right? You look at all of these medications that passed rigorous safety, you know, and testing that all of a sudden were removed and taken off the market because all of a sudden someone had a hunch and they looked into it and it was determined that these medications were not actually safe. So you see things all the time that as we evolve, as we get to learn more, as we start, you know, science evolves or uh, truth evolves or whatever the case may be, whatever the standard is, we're constantly learning more, which means we should be like readily accessible, you know, we should have readily accessible information for new information, right? New knowledge. And instead, they're limiting that. But I mean, you know, when you're dealing with big tech, that's just kind of the way that it is. Uh, Hopefully that will change sometime soon. When we come back, Civil Liberties Group sues Governor Newsom for a ban on public protests. We've got Elijah, the California expert, for now, uh, with us coming up. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Shippo. So for e-commerce businesses, shipping in two days or less, it's the new standard, right? And if you're a growing business, you got to figure out how you can keep up. So if you don't know about Shippo, you have got to listen. This is going to be your business's new secret weapon. Now, Shippo, it's the only Shippo, uh, it's the only shipping software for growing businesses that you can start Today, you can set up in minutes, and you can also ship something the same day. They have volume discounts to save you up to 90% off of carrier rates. I know, Chad, you use Shippo all the time. All the time. Every single day. They're a lifesaver. And this guy hawks so much merch, you wouldn't even believe. I am. If you look up capitalism, there I am. It's right there. a picture of Chad Prather. Shippo honestly saved our business in a big way. They probably wound up saving us 80-90%. In shipping costs. It's amazing what they've done for us and a great partner to work with. Yeah, super duper easy. Uh, They will instantly identify the lowest shipping rates from like 55 top global carriers. It includes UPS, the Postal Service, if you still use them, FedEx and DHL. Uh, Your orders are automatically pulled in, ready to go. You click print and ship. Very, very easy. You have got to go get started if you have not already. You can go to, we've got you the best discount available, by the way, Anywhere you can go to uh, Shippo, Shippo, GoShippo.com slash Y. You can get a free shipping consultation plus a six-month trial for free. Go Shippo. That's S-H-I-P-P-O. GoShippo.com slash Y-W-H-Y. GoShippo.com slash Y. Back in a minute. Yesterday, the uh, Center for American Liberty filed a lawsuit against California Governor Gavin Newsom for, quote, depriving Californians of their constitutionally protected rights of free speech, assembly and petition uh, because he effectively barred public protests through the enforcement of his stay at home orders. Um, Now, Elijah, you're you're the expert. You're actually living in California, which I I hear you. uh, are moving to Texas soon, which I, I don't know how you managed to stay in that hellhole for that long, but uh, we can't wait to welcome you with open arms. But what, so can you, can you get into just how bad this has gotten in California with Governor Newsom? 
Yeah. So, you know, when you go to sex ed when you're in in junior high or in <laughs> elementary school, and they are going to show you the pictures of uh, like male gigolos and prostitutes who have contracted STDs, and you brace yourself because you go, "I've heard the stories." But to see it for myself, this is going to be sick. And you're not wrong. It's disgusting. And it, and it sticks with you. And I can see those images in my head. And it's a lot like living in California. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of media that covers this, but there's no better way to describe it uh, than unless you see it for yourself. And you never forget the images uh, and the feelings that come from living in a place that uh, spits on the Constitution completely disregards the American ideal and looks at taxpayers as uh, just incentives to line uh, corrupt politicians' own pockets, not to mention the neglect of over 60,000 homeless people just in my city, uh, 2 million illegal immigrants that's maybe calculated, um, freeways that are falling apart, and traffic where it's taken me up to an hour to travel four miles to my producer's house. Um, mm. This is definitely a very uh, interesting state to uh, be lecturing the rest of the union. And right now, Governor Newsom has gotten to such a position, and I, and I want to point this out, where he said, he threatened, he said, we had a hot weekend, which was a little bit of, of light. It's like the only one thing that we have here in California mm. that anyone can talk about is the good weather. Uh, if you're not, you know... I'm serious. If it's not, if it, if you can see past ten feet because of the smog, it it feels okay. You don't know is, it, is that the exhaust from all the trucks or is that <laughs> the sun's rays on my skin? And and he threatened. He said, if you guys don't stop enjoying outdoors, not a lie. He said, I'm going to extend this shutdown. I'm going to extend the stay at home orders. Not because of science, not because of anything. But he said because you're violating what I said. Mm. I'm going to put more restrictions in place. Unless you listen to me. It doesn't matter if the cities had their own ideas, the counties had their own ideas, if local politicians or people were, were, uh, were even at the beach avoiding each other. He said, if you do not obey me, I'm going to threaten you with more restrictions and not to prevent the virus, but just so you learn to obey me. And that's where it's gotten in the state right now. Wow, Chad, that's terrifying. Well, okay, so people always ask me when we're out doing live shows across the country throughout the year, you know, what's the most supportive state or favorite place to go? Believe it or not, we do 15, 16 live shows in California all across the state every single year. They are my most supportive state. They show up. They're, number one, they're the number one state in America for agriculture and tons of ranching out there. They're really good people with great values in California. It is a beautiful state from bottom to top. Uh, it is a gorgeous place. Uh, it, they're getting screwed. They're getting screwed. And that's the thing. We're starting to see across the country, and Gavin Newsom is certainly no stranger to this. Uh, it's these governors who are trying to out-dictate one another. Like, who can show has the most authority and give that show of force? That is a Gestapo tactic. It's got to end. But when you look at Gavin Newsom, you are looking at California mafia, for a lack of better terms. This is, a, this is an old California family. They are used to power. They're accustomed to it. And he is no stranger to passing down his edicts from on high on what the peons and the peasants of California should do. Yeah. Um, Elijah, you know, I was just talking to my friend Jesse Kelly about, about this. You admit he's your friend? I mean, like, okay. we're acquaintances, I guess. He's all right. <laughs> uh, but we were just... A man with two first names? <laughs> we were just Both talking about, yeah. about um, how, <laughs> you know, you expect the left 
to take this control and run with it. You expect them to overreach when it comes to abusing their power. You expect that from the left. But what's been interesting has been seeing all of these people who are on the right, who call themselves conservative, who live and die by conservative values, who all of a sudden, if you say, I'm going to go protest, you know, Governor Newsom, because I don't think these stay-at-home orders are right, I'm going to go, you know, go to the state capitol and protest, and you will have these conservative people tell you, don't do that. These stay-at-home orders are for your own good. And it's just, it's mind-boggling to me to see these people who claim to be conservative, who call themselves conservative, who live all of these other conservative values, who have such a disconnect with the fact that you you should be able to question the people in authority when it comes to matters like these. Yeah, it, it really does send a bad feeling down my spine to realize that all these uh, online keyboard right-wing warriors that are going to wage a war and a revolution if you come take my guns and you know I am I'm going to sit back here I will I will not close my church even if communism comes in and they outlaw it but by the way if a governor in your state whom you've never trusted and has never proven themselves to do any good for you tells you to not uh, buy a gun or to not go to church yeah you'll listen why Oh, not because of communism, but because of a, a small little guy that's not even alive. And I'm not to downplay the seriousness of, of the virus or to, to spit on the graves of people who have died due to complications of it. But it does make me wonder and think, uh, really, how far down have, have, we, have we fallen as a nation? And I think we're in a lost empire. Mm-hmm. Because when we've abandoned a, a core value system and we've, we've abandoned a common religion, and we've even abandoned common uh, ethnic practices. And I know there's a huge uh, swath of even conservatives that are all about free speech and stuff. And they like, there's no American, there's no American culture. There is, okay. And you know, the left goes, oh, that's white culture, that's racism. No, but there's an American way of life, and we've abandoned that for tribalism. And what we're seeing here is not a country like World War II who came together and goes, what is good for the nation? What do we do? How do we uh, sacrifice? Who should go to war? Who stays home? It's like a, I gotta go buy all the Charmin Ultra I left in the store, you know? I Go, quick! And and that is the product, ultimately, of, of seeing uh, decades now of decay of a commonality and a common thread that brings us together. And so I'm finding that even though they're conservatives uh, and they're for capitalism or whatever, uh, it's not enough to hold us together because because they bought into the tribalism too. They're in the left versus right battle rather than the American battle. And unfortunately for us, I don't know if, if we're past the point of return because those who I thought were our last hope, it looks like Obi-Wan might not be uh, <laughs> as available as we once thought. <laughs> Chad, last word on this. Uh, I, I, it's so, uh, we're, we, look, this is a virus that has a recovery rate of 99%. Look how much freedom we've given up, how much liberty we've given up all over a virus with a recovery rate of 99%. And I know there are people, I had someone say it to me today, well, you wouldn't feel that way if one of your loved ones was in that 1%. Okay, well, let me give you another stat. 100% of us are going to die from something, okay? That doesn't mean I just (laughs) stop living because 100% of us are not going to recover from this thing called life. 
We are exacerbating a very sticky situation by continuing this nonsense. And Gavin Newsom, kiss my ass. I, I'm serious. Like Governor Whitmer, all these people, I'm telling you, they're, they're dictators. That is He'd not like American. <laughs> well, that's TMI. Don't tempt him. <laughs> all right. When we come back, Texas is reopening. Uh, we have the details on that. Back in a minute. <laughs> Governor Abbott here in Texas announced yesterday his plan to reopen the Texas economy. Uh, So the statewide stay-at-home orders are going to expire on Friday. He's got this new plan. It's very similar to what we heard from uh, President Trump's coronavirus task force uh, set in different phases. The first phase will be that uh, malls, stores, movie theaters, and restaurants may open with 25% occupancy. Uh, they still have to maintain social distancing requirements. But gyms, hair salons, uh, massage establishments, tattoo parlors, bowling alleys, all of these random arbitrary designations will still not be allowed to reopen. Um, outdoor sports like golf and tennis can, again, as long as they maintain social distancing. Um, but a lot of others cannot. This was something that the more that I looked into it, the more that I read it. At first I went, okay, good, we're doing something. And then the more that I looked into it, the more that I, I read the fine print, I went, all right, this is, I'm not thrilled with this. I'm not encouraged by the fact that you get penalized if you do happen to be a bar owner. You can't open, but if you're a restaurant with a bar attached, you can. People can still get drunk in your establishment as long as they maintain social distancing guidelines, and you can still open if you want to operate at 25% occupancy, but that's a whole nother question. Chad, what are your thoughts? Uh, It's an olive branch, uh, but it's worthless. It's not anything that really changes anything. Uh, I, I go back to my earlier point. I, let me go back, first of all, to Elijah's earlier point where he said, you know, we have this faith in humanity that is probably a whole lot bigger and better than if reality, you know, mm-hmm. shows us. And you're right on that. But at the same time, at what point in time do we say, okay, you're Americans, you have liberty, you have freedom, we expect you to use responsibility. Right. Are we really that childish with liberty that we can't, you know? I mean, you face the facts. If you open up a restaurant and they can only have 25% capacity, it's going to cost them more money than it would be if they just stayed shut down. So we know that there are local municipalities here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area who've opened up their patios, and people are waiting in lines for hours to get in there, and it's one big middle finger, so to speak. It's not that they were missing that food so much. It's just they wanted to be there. They, they wanted to prove that, hey, we can go out and be in public. Uh, I, I don't like it. This, this is that whole new normal mindset. And I don't like new normal. Yeah. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, I don't like it. Yeah. Elijah, you know, we just talked about you're about, to, uh, you're about to come here. You're about to move here to the Lone Star State. Obviously, we know we're better off than California. But uh-huh. what, what are your thoughts on uh, Governor Abbott's announcement? Well, I've been violating social distancing guidelines almost as much as Joe Biden's been sexually violating young women his entire life. <laughs> and that, that it, You're here. It's, it's a true statement. I just came up with that one right now. That's pretty that good. Was good. Huh? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 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 that being said, you know, I 
I like I again I've I've I understand hygiene. Um, I'm seeing these suggestions uh, in California, for instance, saying, "Oh, don't touch uh, street walking buttons unless you use your your elbow." And like Chad said, it's like, dude, I've been using my elbow to touch uh, buttons my entire life because I realize that it's disgusting. Yeah. And so when you go into Texas, I understand California having some more guidelines because, uh, unfortunately, I think Chad said that a lot of Californians are great, which they are, but not Los Angelinos. Uh, mm. A lot of them. Really really actually just suck and more than just suck they suck some other things oftentimes and that being said with with texas West you know when i when i when i well when, yeah when i see what's going on in in texas and i see this idea of treating adults like their babies and not un, uh, expecting them to understand how to uh take care of themselves or to uh you know, observe social distancing. It's almost the same argument that I see where liberals talk about guns. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, well, we can't trust people to have guns. We can't trust them to, you know, it's like, if, if, if you if you give Johnny a chance to buy a weapon, he's probably going to kill his family. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's not true. We know firearms don't kill people. People kill people, and most people are not trying to murder their families. That being said, in the, in the sense of a pandemic and these things, most people are going to take decent precaution. They're going to go, they're going to wash their hands. It's like, if you weren't washing your hands before you ate, that's been a problem since you've been doing that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, it, you know, and, and that's the, the point, the point being is that it's not about giving a, an olive branch anymore. The governor of New York needs to realize it's how much longer states are going to give into the national pressure, which I am actually disappointed in Trump's handling of this. Mm -hmm. I really am. And I'm going to be honest with that. I'm a big Trump guy. I love Donald Trump. I'm not one to really disagree with him on a lot, but him listening to Dr. Fauci or Fauci, however you want to say it, uh, him, yeah, I talk, him, I call him Dr. Fallacy actually, uh, because he's got so many lies and in, in so many inaccurate things he says, but seeing that governor Abbott sort of still go, well, it's like, I'm going to, you know, it's like, it's like, I, I'm going to be there and I'm going to open up my state in a way that makes it look like I'm the good guy, right. but I'm clearly not doing it in a way that genuinely makes me a good guy. I'll give him some credit, but remember, even when you get an F on a test, there's a, still a 50% credit, but an F's an F. Yeah, no, uh, Chad, I completely agree with Elijah there that public perception, you know, he gets to come out and make this big grandiose statement that Texas is going to reopen. This is how we start our reopening. And then, you know, we still have this arbitrary designation of essential versus non-essential. When you're talking about people who are out of work, there's what, 1.3 million Texans who are currently out of work, unemployed now. I'm pretty sure their jobs are essential to feed their family. And also medical professionals. Mm. I mean, I've said it, uh, my, my wife. She's now she's a nurse practitioner. She's now furloughed for the next month. Uh, yeah, so if we were doing this enough, to flatten the curve to not overwhelm the hospitals, yeah. there's there's not enough people in the hospitals. There's not enough tests going on. There's not enough elective surgeries to support people's business in that. It's like the movie Jaws. Uh, the mayor says we got to open the beaches. We got to open the beaches. And Roy Scheider, the sheriff, he comes in and says there's a big shark out there. Nobody wants to be that mayor who says open the beaches and then the kid gets eaten on the raft, right? Yeah. And nobody wants to be that guy. Everybody's scared to do that. Somebody's got to have the, the, the cojones to, which, by the way, if you have big testicles, they say that's a bigger carrier for the coronavirus. I don't know if you've seen that or not. But, that's um. a, yeah, but if you are brave <laughs> enough to have cojones to say, okay, we're going to be America again and we're going to go out there. I love what Elijah said a little while ago. If we were talking about a raise of taxes on, on tea, and we fought a revolution over that. How much more? 
are we willing to sacrifice for this? Because it's real. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, a new source goes public to corroborate the sexual assault claims against Joe Biden. We'll get into that when we come back. I don't think they necessarily have to be big testicles, just testicles. Really? So Tara Reid, Tara Reid came out with her accusations against Joe Biden. We've gone over them uh, on the show. And I just want to say these are, again, we've got to we've got to preface this every time. These are alleged uh, uh, situations. These are alleged details that happened. We don't know that they are true. Um, We will report them as they come out. Uh, But certainly there is now more credibility to these accusations than there were for Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. So Tara Reid came out. We just played earlier this week. Chad, were you here when we played the mother who was on Larry King? Uh, Allegedly, that was Tara Reid's mother who went on Larry King in 1993 and verified that there was something that happened with a prominent senator uh, is at least what we know. Now a former neighbor of Tara Reid says that uh, Tara Reid came to her and talked to her about the accusation, about what happened in the 90s. Now, she did say, um, I remember talking about it. I remember her saying, here was this person that she worked for and idolized. And he kind of put her up against a wall. He put his hand up her skirt. She felt like she was assaulted and she really didn't feel like there was anything that she could do. She also said, I don't remember all the details. Um, I remember the, the skirt, the fingers. I remember she was devastated. And then she follows it up with, I personally am a Democrat, a very strong Democrat, and I'm for Biden regardless, but I still have to come out and say this. You got to wonder, I mean, if that's true and she is a Democrat and she is a Biden supporter, there's really not much personal motivation for her to come out and corroborate Tara Reid's claims at the time that they happened. Chad? Extreme Political bias on either side is a mental disorder. It really is. It, it manifests itself as a mental disorder, and that's the situation we're seeing right there. Uh, you have these people out there who are wanting to sweep this under the rug. It is, let's get rid of Trump at all costs, no matter what. But let me remind those of you on the left, you made the rules. Mm-hmm. You created the game. This is how the game is now played. They crucified Brett Kavanaugh. They drugged an FBI investigation him through the, the mud. They crucified him. They crucified Trump on a daily basis. Look, you created Trump. You created the playboy Donald Trump, the billionaire, the mogul, the celebrity. You created Trump, okay? And then you want to complain about the way he lived his life within your guidelines to be who you wanted him to be. So what are the rules anymore? You created them. Let's play by the rules. Yeah. Elijah, what are your thoughts on this? (laughs) I have to always, whenever we talk about this kind of stuff, I have to remember that I'm on an adult show (laughs) and this isn't my program. And I have to like, I go, you're with adults. You're with adults. You've got to say things that are okay to say. Jesus is in the room. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, I mean, at least he's wor- at least I was going to say, at least we know that Biden's working down there better than he's working up here. Right. <laughs> I mean, at least he's got something, something functioning in his body still, uh, to, to put it lightly. But but 
It's it's not. I mean, the game was different. And I hate to say this, and I don't want to be. I don't want to, you know, corroborate with this overextensive Me Too movement that got out of control. Right. But mm-hmm. the fact that there was a lot of tolerated sexual misconduct in professional uh, life is actually true. And yeah. and and specifically, you have to look where are the most corrupt people. Uh, it's DC. Even when you go there to this day, it's a toxic, toxic uh, yeah. district. It's really, really, it really the people there. There are great people there, but the uh, the individual lives of politicians often are what are making our country corrupt. It's it's not necessarily the policies they put out in the public. It's that they're surrounded in a place that promotes uh, it promotes cheating, it promotes bribes, um, doing whatever you can to get ahead, getting doing whatever you can to get your way. And a lot of politicians, you realize, they think that they deserve stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do they th- think they deserve your allegiance? Why do they think they deserve power? Um, that's not just happening in the public spectrum. It's happening in the private world, too, demanding sexual favors from people. And the 90s, uh, there wasn't a narrative about stopping sexual assault. And from a moron like Joe Biden, who created, you know, helped create legislations for gun-free zones, uh, I'm not surprised if he did something like this. But I also want to, like like Chad was saying, I really do agree about this blind allegiance. Uh, people that are conservative always hate me because they go, oh, you're not conservative enough. And liberals always think, like, I'll write a really conservative post and go, I thought you were a liberal. Point being, I don't like these these random sexual assault allegations from 30 years ago. Right. Not that they didn't happen, but it's just bullshit. And I'm sorry to say that. I, I, I can't I can't handle the fact that when people are coming out into these final positions, I believe people, I do, it's a believe women, I believe a lot of people have done terrible things in their lives and over the years, but it's just too opportunistic to just go, my God, like, do we, as everyone a sexual assaulter, is everybody got a secret, you know, murder yeah. plot that they've, they've <laughs> conducted? Is It's just, it's just, I, I, I just, I just really think about it in my head and I go... I, 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 we have to make some rules here. It's like, mm-hmm. if I think we have laws against this, right? That there's got to be a certain <laughs> amount of years before you report something. And by the way, I want to I end with this. I understand, especially with people sexually assaulted as children, um, who it takes them years and decades sometimes to, to come to terms with this. Um, but you're an, if this happens when you're an adult, right? This is not you're a kid. Like if you were four and you got violated by a, a, an uncle or something, and it took you till you were 40 to be honest with yourself because of insecurities or something and come out. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But these are grown adults, and if you can't handle that, it's like 30 years later, I, I, we've got to have some reason to just say, you've got to come out to set a certain time, or else it's just too long in the past for us to know if it's really true or not. Yeah. All right. All good points. Got to take a break. We'll be back. You like my Yesterday's poll, if Joe Biden wins in 2020, who will really be running the show in the White House? 40% of you said his vice president, followed by 37%, who said corn pop. So I can see that you took this uh, poll very, very seriously. Let's move on to today's poll. Will any mainstream media network ask Joe about the sexual assault allegation against him, or will we have to wait for Trump to bring it up in the debates? 
I don't know which one I prefer, uh, but let us know what you think. You can go to The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Before we go, don't forget, Elijah, you can find him on YouTube. You can find him on Blaze TV. It is slightly offensive with Elijah Schaefer. He does these awesome Man on the Streets video. Elijah, I know you have one uh, out recently that was explaining why you're leaving California to go to Texas. And uh, we couldn't be happier to have you here. Uh, we can't wait for you to be here, locally, on set. We'll have you on much more often. Uh, also, don't forget Chad Prather, host of the Chad Prather Show. If you have not subscribed to his YouTube as well, you're missing out. All right, I mean, do you see this guy with the hat? Can you imagine what comes out of his mouth? Who's that? You can- yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna spray Elijah with pepper spray as soon as he gets to Texas. Oh, so no! Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.